Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 302. Fire. 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 Your daily dose of inspiration, encouragement, and energy from the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Prepare to ignite now. This is Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneur on Fire. On Fire. Fire Nation. Are you an aspiring or new entrepreneur who's looking for a community of like-minded individuals who can offer support, tools, resources, and advice as you start your entrepreneurial journey? Fire Nation Elite is here to provide you with just that. 100% support, 100% of the time. Visit FireNationElite.com to fill out your application and schedule a 15-minute one-on-one chat with me today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jimmy Page. Jimmy, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, give me a second, John. Boom, ignited. (laughs) I knew you had something special for me, Jimmy. (laughs) So Jimmy is the president and CEO of Page After Page Business Solutions, where he has been building a nationwide and global presence for over 30 years. Since inception in 1991, PAP has generated over $70 million in revenues through equipment, supplies, and maintenance contracts with hundreds of local government and nationwide Fortune 500 businesses. Giving Fire Nation just a little overview, Jimmy, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Uh, first of all, I got to thank you, John, for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk on your show. Yeah. Uh, and address uh, Fire Nation. I'm really excited about what you've done. And uh, my hat's off to everything that you've done to, to put this together. Thank you. And it, and it des- definitely resonates with me. Uh, I've got to talk about my uh, family. I celebrating 28 years of marriage this past June. I have five beautiful children, two girls and three boys that I love immensely and they keep me on track uh, with every, dad, can I use the car? Or dad, take out the trash? (laughs) Or do you have any money? But uh, they're all uh, kind of entrepreneurs in their own right. Uh, One of the things I wanted to bring out uh, a little bit about myself is I have to kind of uh, use my children as a sounding board. Because uh, my son, uh, which is James Jr., he's my oldest boy out of the three, uh, he, recently, he won a scholarship to USC. Wow. Uh, film school, yes. And I was so proud of him. And uh, the reason why I bring up this story in particular is that uh, in winning this, the scholarship, uh, he did his four years in California. And it seems as though he lost focus. So I brought him down, back down to uh, Washington, D.C. to get him back on track. So he's working at uh, the uh, uh, Cheesecake Factory, a restaurant. And, I love uh, their cough salad. <laughs> yeah, he worked, he worked there, but I'm three hours an hour plus tips. I said, hey, after this degree, dude, this isn't making it. <laughs> so uh, a friend of his says, hey, Apple's hiring, you know, and uh, they pay minimum wage. So he applies, and my son, you got to love him. He speaks five languages, self-taught himself Japanese, French fluently Spanish, reads it, writes it, every language. Uh, Just a a wonderful son to have. And um, 
they, uh, I guess, corporate at Apple intercepts his resume and the, they fly him back down to California and hire him at Apple. Well, to wrap that story up, uh, after a year, and unfortunately, uh, Steve Jobs passed away, my son comes to me and says, hey, you know, Apple, they're not the same in their creativity department. So I think I'm going to leave. So he got a job at the Spy Museum and left and then told me, Dad, I'm starting my own business. Nice. And uh, he started his own business. He's an entrepreneur now. All right. Well, hopefully he'll be on Entrepreneur on Fire someday. Thank you. I hope so, too. But after that, I mean, as far as my business, I'm having fun. We sell uh, copier machines, and we've been in business, like you said, for 30 years. Uh, we're focusing right now in our business in the area of, of secure printing, such as with uh, Homeland Security out here, the Navy, uh, military departments, hospitals, and law firms. Everyone not only wants to print their jobs, but they want to ensure that it's classified. So right now, classified printing is really on our radar, and we're having fun in, in meeting that challenge. Wow. Well, we're going to dive way more into that and the uniqueness of that classified printing. And Jimmy, first off, let me just say thank you for sharing that story of your son. I mean, it speaks volumes, one, of the love you have for your family, but two, just the entrepreneurial spirit that you've imbibed in your family, which I think is so important. And I just love the fact that more and more parents are starting to embrace that and do that these days. And we're going to dive way more into PAP later in this interview. But Jimmy, I know you have a great success quote for us. So take that away. Oh, thank you. Uh, this success quote uh, is uh, by Charles Darwin. And he says, ignorance more frequently begets confidence than does knowledge. It is, all, it is those who know little, not those who know much, who so positively assert that this or that problem will never be solved by education, government, science, or economics. Charles Darwin, love that. He does not get quoted nearly enough on Entrepreneur on Fire, I can tell you that. And I want you to tell us, tell Fire Nation, Jimmy, how do you resonate with that quote? How do you apply that mantra to your life? That's going to be pretty easy, John. And again, I have to salute you because... Uh, Again, with your military background, uh, I've got to say thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, with that being said, uh, with what Charles Darwin uh, has said about ignorance, let me start off with uh, me dropping out of school at the age of 15, uh, just barely making the ninth grade. Uh, I made a decision to, like you, become an officer and go to Annapolis. What's wrong with that picture, John? You don't have a high school degree, let alone a college degree, both of which are necessary. Exactly, exactly. So I got my bags and my suit and tie, and I'm thinking I'm going out to the recruiter to uh, go to Annapolis and, and enter into the United States Naval Academy. What age were you at this point? I was 15. Right. <laughs> there's, another, there's a third problem. <laughs> there's a third problem. So they looked at me, and the recruiter was quite kind. He didn't, you know discourage me or laugh at me. He says, well, son, let me tell you something. You uh, need to graduate high school first, and then you need to go to college. But he said, here's a place that might be able to help you with the high school part. He said, have you ever thought about going into the Navy? So I said, well, not particularly, but yeah. He said, why don't you go to this place and take your GED, and then you can um, pursue uh, being entered into the Navy. So I said, well, that's a great idea. So lo and behold, I was going to the military on a buddy-buddy program with a uh, friend of mine named James. 
So we go, we go down to the uh, high school that he told us about, which was pretty much of a distance uh, away from where I lived at in New York. James and, and Jimmy. James and Jimmy. That's right. We both went out there. And uh, we took the test. A couple of days later, my mother told me I had an le- envelope, and the envelope came in. And, John, I failed the test by one point. Oh, brutal. One point. So you had to wait two weeks in order to take the test again. But you're still 15 at this point, right? I'm still 15. Oh, God. I'm still 15. So it's like you had to wait two weeks to take the test. So uh, two weeks came, and I knocked on uh, James's door and said, hey, James, we're ready to take that test. Come on, let's go. So he says, well, I'm not going to do it. Uh, you go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to do something else. So I said, fine. Now, how many so, points did he fail by? I, I never knew. I never asked. Okay. However, this, let me tell you how this makes such a difference in life. Uh, I went back, took the test, and John, my mother called me uh, probably a, a week or two after I took the test. And she says, son, guess what? And I said, what, mom? She said, you passed the test by one point. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, with that, uh, I was packed, ready to go. So by the time I was turning almost 17, so I went into boot camp. And was in the Navy. And um, I, I have to share this with you is after boot camp, I came home to visit James. And unfortunately, he met his uh, faith with a violent death of receiving gunshot wounds and was robbed in the, the streets. Man, that is just a touching story, Jimmy. And thank you for your service to this country and how appreciative I am of of fellow brothers in arms and everything that goes on in both the Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, what have you. You We're all doing a service to this country. So so thank you for that. And we're going to dive more into all these experiences. And maybe actually your next story is going to involve this. I don't know. It's up to you. But I'm excited to find out because we next want to talk about a failure, a major failure that you encountered at some point. It can be your choice. It can be during your military experience. It can be during your PAP experience. It can be yesterday. This is totally your choice. but something that you really think will resonate with Fire Nation. But of course, remember to tell us how you overcame that. Growing up in the South Bronx, uh, it was uh, pretty much of a challenge. I had a a single mom uh, and five dads. Yeah, and my mother. Yeah, my mother was a beautiful lady. I'm mixed with um, Native American Indian, Barcelonian from Spain, uh, Italian, and African American. And uh, she's a good mom, old American, right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, my friends call me Skittles. <laughs> but um, my mother struggled to keep uh, the family together. She had five children, and she had her first child at 14 years old. So with uh, the struggle that she made to keep us together and and keep us, uh, I guess, um, moving forward in our dreams and ambition, there was no one in our families that ever had a higher education than uh, the ninth grade. Uh, That goes back to her fathers and and grandparents. So uh, with me going into the military and just getting a GED, it caused the whole family to celebrate. But I didn't stop there. So uh, with that, I just wanted to set the framework uh, towards uh, what pushes me. Right. But I wanted to to say that story that uh, my father, uh, my biological father, passed away and he committed suicide, uh, jumped off a roof. And he was a military person that also, uh, unfortunately, drank 
and had some real tough duty up in Alaska. Now, with that frame being sent, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go into the story Great. about what was my uh, biggest failure. Uh, my biggest failure was when I started the business page after page. Um, I had uh, just left IBM. I was working at IBM and uh, received a, a job at um, AT&T, uh, a part-time job. And then I took another job at a company called uh, Minolta at the time. Yeah. And they took me on as a salesperson. Well, in my salesperson, I made it through the ranks of pres- President's Club during the first year and received a lot of accolades and awards from, uh, at that t- time, my um, business manager. Uh, well, what happened is that uh, my business manager, for some reason, was demoted uh, from his job and came down to be a sales rep. And it just hurt me so much because this guy was more or less uh, a coach of mine. And to see him uh, demoted in his position uh, caused me a little bit of a shake within the, the whole employment structure. Nevertheless, uh, I, he encouraged me and also said, hey, you can do this, start your own business. And we joked about it at first. Well, uh, to fast forward this, uh, I decided to uh, make the business uh, move. And in my uh, starting the business, I knocked on doors and um, went to, I guess, sell copiers door to door. Well, I met an officer. His, he was uh, a lieutenant in the Navy, retired, and he had his own business called the Head and Injury Foundation. His name was Julian Delks, and for this um, conversation, I've changed part of his name. Okay. Um, nevertheless, he took a liking to me, uh, said that you know, he'd definitely think I'll do well, and he offered me a place inside of his office to set up shop. So I did. So getting to the meat of the story, um, I became uh, more or less his um, a, a resident uh, inside his office. Uh, he leased space to me. Uh, well, he wanted to buy some equipment from me, two copiers, I remember, a printer, and two computers. Well, I was so happy about it. This was basically my first sale. Most companies start off with either a bank loan, loan from friends, loan from family, maybe bootstrap in their company, uh, or some other, other things. Well, I started out with my first sale of, to the tune of $15,000. Wow. My whole family was excited. My wife was excited. At that time, we had a joint uh, bank account, so I deposited in our bank, and I went on to buy furniture. I brought a desk. I remember a phone, a computer uh, for my office, some business cards. A week passed by, and my wife called me. She said, what the heck are you doing? So I said, what do you mean, honey? She said, I have the bank calling me, and they're threatening to have the bank security come and contact you i said well what do you mean she said the check bounced whoa i said what so john i started my business off negative fifteen thousand. so my wife has said let me speak to him so i said well honey you're a little bit uh, upset right now i don't <laughs> right. think that's a good idea he's my landlord <laughs> so anyway i never for- i'll never forget this john i walked in his office and i said hey julian um, he says, hey, James, what's going on? So I said, um, uh, I think uh, we had a situation with the check. Uh, it might be coming back to you. And I was as diplomatic as I could be. Of course. I never, I'll never forget this, John. He leaned back in his chair. He threw his shoes up on the desk. And he laughed. 
with, you know, kind of like a, a joyful laugh and said, oh, I must have cut it close this week. He said, I'll tell you what, James, cancel the sale and, you know, I'll, I'll rethink what we're doing. Come pick up the equipment. And I said, okay, just as joyful as him. And I walked out the door with my tail between my legs. And I sat and my, and my wife called me and she says, well, okay, what happened? Is he going to make good on the check? And I said, uh, not really, but I'll talk to you when I get home. So anyway, we talked and fast forward the next day, I, I decided I could be out of business or in business. So the next day I gave it a, a rest and I went into his office and I almost busted through his door, excited, John. I said, hey, Julian, guess what? We got a special sale going on today and you've got to take advantage of it. I said, instead of the five pieces of equipment that you got for me, I can give you two at almost half the cost and put you on a lease and include maintenance. He said, really? I said, yes. I said, Let, we've got to write it up today. He said, sure, give me the paperwork. John, I gave him the paperwork. He signed off it. Instead of the 15000 I end up with maintenance almost making 25000 And I never looked back. Wow. That is turning lemons into lemonade, my friends. Yeah, it was. It was. So, Jimmy, let's just do this for Fire Nation. Let's just, in one sentence, pull out a clear lesson that you can share with us, with Fire Nation, of that story. Every no doesn't mean no. It means I don't have enough information. And so often we get um, sidetracked. And here's one thing that I wanted to share with you, John, if you don't mind, if I can go into probably a, a quicker story. Yeah, let's hear it. About that. Um, a lot of people don't realize, uh, and I'm going to ask you this. Do you know how a peacock gets its colors? I actually have no idea. <laughs> okay, no worries. Well, a peacock gets its colors because, John, it eats poison. It eats poisonous rats, poisonous snakes, poisonous berries. And those, the poison actually gives it its, its bloom. And one thing that I've learned as entrepreneurs is that we, in fact, also do the hard things that no one else wants to do. I live every day for no. I love it when customers say no. And a lot of times, there's a lot of people in my family or other people that I know that poison or no will kill them. And I just wanted to share that. So in just one sentence, Jamie, because I do want to talk about that one point you made. Why do you live for the no? Because I know no doesn't really mean no. It, doesn't, it, it, it means that I don't have information, uh, more information. God. And I, I, live, I live for that no because I know that I'm on track. Uh, to, I mean, there's no such thrill as, as getting a no from a Google or a Microsoft or someone that just has the power to say yes than it is that you're so afraid of asking anyone and a no wouldn't mean nothing from someone that's just walking across the street. Uh, so I just compared the two that to be able to, 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 to walk up to someone that has a chance to change your life is better than, you know, asking some, the one who really doesn't have a significant play in your life, uh, respond to a yes 
but can't compare to the enormity, enormity of, of, of a giant. Jimmy, one thing that I'm already pulling off of this conversation that I'm having with you is that you truly have mastered the mindset of an entrepreneur. And that is the struggle that so many entrepreneurs have is the mindset. They can't get their mind set correctly. You're right. The no will poison them. It will kill them. The fact that they want to go and ask for that big contract, that million dollar contract, they're afraid of it. And that mindset is in the wrong place. And you've mastered that mindset on a lot of ways. So let's use that to talk about our next topic, which I want to hear another story, albeit it has to be a slightly shorter one. Okay. But I want to hear an aha moment story from you where the light bulb just went off. And then what steps did you take, Jimmy, to turn that moment into success? I'm going to probably time this story, John. Good. I do, I do have one. You're the man. So, here it is real quick. Um, I'm probably about 10 years into the business. And with me being a Konica Minolta uh, dealer, uh, I was working probably through resellers, which means that I had to buy the machines from third parties and they'd mark it up tremendously. And how I ever stayed in business marking my equipment up to the tune of us actually making a profit is another story in itself. Nevertheless, I was able to uh, work it out where I was Ill- still able to save customers money and still uh, make a, a decent profit. Great. Well, then um, one day the, um, I've been going down to the different meetings and the different um, conferences to ask uh, the Konicas, the Canons, the Xeroxes, and all the dealers, uh, will they give me a license? Well, the copier business in itself is kind of geared like a Mercedes-Benz dealership. You Practically, someone would have to die for you to buy into a license. The license costs maybe about uh, close to a million dollars. Um, nevertheless, uh, I would go out to the conference and say, come on, guys, you know, I can, I can do it. I'm waiting. And they knew me by name. Well, anyway, I had the fortune of um, one day uh, 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 Konica Minolta dealer passing away. And uh, before he passed away, I would do a lot of things for him, work the extra, to, extra mile. And he said to me, James, I, I know you couldn't afford our business, but I'm thinking about selling our business. And I did it. I said, I'll, I'll buy it, hands down. Well, I actually had no money, no credit to buy his business. But what I decided to do was to go out and knock on doors and, like we said before, eat as much poison as I can as quickly as possible. Right. John, I did it to the tune of creating a million dollars. Wow. I purchased his business and his employees and uh, his good faith in the business. Come to find out that the uh, the accounts that he had wasn't really uh, as uh, he professed, but at the end of the day, I felt I had a license now to get my equipment uh, serviced. I had a license to send my technicians to school. I had a license to stay abreast of the latest software technology, and um, I, did, I, had, I never turned back. It was it was great. It was great. A great decision to purchase uh, and make that acquisition. So, Jimmy, just boil this down again in one sentence for us. What's the biggest lesson takeaway for entrepreneurs you can just share with us from that experience? Not to uh, sell yourself short, even though uh, everyone's saying you'll never uh, get a dealership or you'll never uh, be able to get the money or the loan that you needed uh, to, to make this acquisition. Uh, I look to myself and not look to family or banks or business plans and everyone else. I hate to tell you, sometimes I watch the uh, 
the show uh, Shark Tank. Right. And I, and I cringe because all these brilliant minds come on show and they just get hosed. Excuse my, I hope I can use that word. Oh, yeah. They just get raked through the coals. And some of these guys have great ideas, great plans if they would just rely a little bit more on pushing the envelope themselves. Uh, they have great businesses, and that's what I was able to do. Just mm. not look for anyone else but myself to, to get the money and, and roll with it from there, John. Jimmy, you are amazing at extending these one sentences. I have to commend you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move into your current business right now because, I mean, you've been around for a long time. You have seen a lot of changes in this industry. Share with Fire Nation one thing that's just really exciting you in your business right now? I would say right now it's got to be secured print, uh, secure printing. Um, and the, the, the technology right now, there's a struggle between the computer, there's a struggle between the um, handheld, and there's a struggle between uh, the copier machine itself. Is it going to go by the wayside of the dinosaurs? Or is it going to reinvent itself and actually take the place of a desktop uh uh, computer, and I'm pushing the envelope that if we can get smart enough not to have every single body uh, make a copy of the Bible chapter and verse and be more control printing, I think the copier right now with the softwares and all of the the, the variations that it's able to do, scanning, uh, desktop publishing, uh, the copier can actually make a strong push into the um, the new direction that everyone's going. Nice. I love the fact that you're thinking ahead, Jimmy. You're living on the cutting, bleeding edge. That's so important. We talk on Entrepreneur on Fire about some industries that were not able to adjust, like your music industries, you know, when they were making such a killing on the selling of CDs and of licensing artists and the such. And now everything is just being leveled by iTunes and by Spotify and Pandora. And they weren't able to actually adjust to the times. They weren't able to pivot their business model. And so that's so great that you're keeping your eye eyes wide open, looking for ways to pivot, looking for ways to adjust, always interacting with your target market so you know what they want, what they need, so you can anticipate that need, Jimmy. Get in front of them, get in front of that curve and be there waiting for them when they arrive there. So, man, thank you for sharing that, Jimmy. And it's truly a perfect segue into what you know is my favorite part of the show, the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. What was holding you back, Jimmy, from becoming an entrepreneur? John, I have to say success. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up with this yeah. with a, light, a lightning question to you. John, do you know the direction that the earth turns in? Is it clockwise or counterclockwise? It is counterclockwise. Guess how, you, guess how I found that out? You went to Google. <laughs> Not exactly. But um, a, a mentor of mine told me, make a fist with your right hand and stick your thumb up. The world turns in the direction of your four fingers. And what he said, he says, James, you're actually going backwards each and every day. If you do the minimum, you're just staying even. He says, every day you have to do something that scares the crap out of you. And wow. that's how you get ahead. 
fascinating. I actually just thought about the movie Superman, and I could picture him flying around the world clockwise <laughs> to turn back the clock. So I knew the that's, I knew the world must be going counterclockwise. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, Jimmy, what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received was you're out of control. <laughs> Who told you that? And I love them. <laughs> yeah, I was I was told that by a a mentor. And I've thus changed my relationship with mentors to be tormentors. And I only say that because a lot of times you get a mentor who's the wrong mentor for you and they become tormentors and they try to create you to be like them. Got it. But one thing I found out, thanks, John. One thing I found out, but that everyone, even the Girl Scouts have a coach. And if you find a good coach, they're able to say, you know, I love how you do that. If you tweaked it a little bit, you would be a better you. Not me, but you. Jimmy, what is one specific action that listeners can take in the next 24 hours to bring them one step closer to their dreams? Just start. Uh, A lot of people wait for the perfect business plan, the perfect this or the perfect that. I actually um, am a big fan of a guy called Rod Ronstadt. He was a a professor at Babson College and he taught about the corridor principle and if everybody looks up the corridor principle uh, I don't want to again go over my time John and and, and start going into another story but it would be worth a lot of people's while to research John uh, Rod Rodstad and his uh, explanation of the corridor principle well Fire Nation on the show notes page for Jimmy Jimmy page we are going to have a link to the quarter principle so if you want to just go entrepreneuronfire.com slash Jimmy Page. All the resources, everything we've talked about is going to be there on that show notes page, including the corridor principle. So Jimmy, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? John, I'm going to get killed for this. I've got one and one and a half. Okay, I'll give it to you because I like you a lot. <laughs> Thanks, John. My first one, oh my goodness, I, I, I've got to say Facebook. And I say Facebook simply because children today, I can get maybe about five seconds of my children's time. Right. But if I post something on Facebook, they'll have an hour-long conversation with me on why I said that. Oh, love and it. I, and I believe everybody has a philosophy they're trying to sell. And just the tip of the iceberg in the ways that you can use Facebook to sell your philosophy to most important is your family and the people that love you. It's kind of like a journal that they'll read and, and not even know that you're, you're, you're actually putting pearls and guidelines in front of them. Yeah. The other one is mind candy. And it's like mind snacks where I've made it a point very early in life to learn hello and thank you in every language. Um, and with this mind snacks, I'm able to reach into uh, different uh, uh, Russian languages, uh, Ethiopian languages, Native American languages, Spanish, and it has a quick source while I'm waiting, five minutes, five seconds, and it teaches me different languages and hello, thank you, uh, pardon me. And it's just so valuable in dealing with, uh, of course, people. Fascinating. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, Jimmy, what would it be? This isn't a business book, first of all. And uh, I feel that sometimes your mind can take but so much uh, 
business this, business this. This is a book that I assure you will bring Fire Nation to tears in the, the real world that a lot of people are going through. It's by, I don't know if I say this correctly, so I'm going to have to also spell it for you. But the name of the book is called Left to Tell by Immaculate Ibaz Gaza. Jimmy, this next question's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? That is easy, John. First of all, I would sell the laptop and get a nice, respectable suit. And what I would do is I would visit um, the hospitals, the sick and shut-in, and pay my respects to the soldiers and find out what are some of the things that they're looking for. Then, of course, I would go to baseball games where you know children are playing baseball um, and suck in the winning atmosphere that children have, the, the um, competitiveness and yeah. get that spirit back because it's unbelievable where they're at. And then, of course, go to graduations and um, visit the Chamber of Commerce and find out what everyone's looking for. But I'm a face-to-face guy, John. Jimmy, I typically refuse to play favorites on Entrepreneur (laughs) on Fire because you're all my kids and my fathers and my mothers and my uncles and aunts. I mean, literally, you're all family to me, so I hate playing favorites, but I'm going to go on the record right now. That was my favorite answer out of 303 (laughs) interviews that I've now done. That was my favorite answer to that question, Jimmy. Thank you very much. That says a lot. That says a lot, John. So, Jimmy, I have truly enjoyed hearing your journey and sharing with you a big part of your life, your family, and everything involved. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Share how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, John. I would say don't be overly concerned about the harvest that you reap. Be more concerned about the seeds that you're planting. And as far as getting in contact with me, I have a website. It's... uh, Simply pagecopiers.com. Again, uh, I'm focused on um, saving money for customers, reducing the cutting down of trees. Um, Like I said, again, you know, we can't keep filling these landfills with computers and copiers. So right now, copiers are changing and we're getting more smarter in our our document handling. Uh, And you can reach me on Facebook. (laughs) You can reach me again on Twitter. And I really, really, really enjoy what you're doing, John. And there's, I salute you uh, definitely for doing what you're doing. Thank you, Jimmy. And what is your Twitter handle? Pageology. Wonderful. Well, Fire Nation, they are well aware that everything, your contact information, everything we've mentioned is going to be available at eofire.com. They can click on that podcast tab. They can find you in the archives, that great book, Left to Tell. They can obviously get that through the links on your show notes page if they want the audio version. That's eofirebook.com, eofirebook.com. They can get that audiobook for free if they haven't already done so. So, Jimmy, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. 
Fire Nation, you're not alone. When you join our mastermind community, Fire Nation Elite, you'll be joining a tribe of like-minded people who are here to help you feel confident about your business, help you find the right track, and help you grow your business, launch your new products or services, and become the entrepreneur you've always wanted to be. 100% support, 100% of the time. Visit FireNationElite.com to fill out your application and schedule a one-on-one 15-minute chat with me today. And now let's take a minute to thank our five-star reviews. Lewis Mom 4, Over 6789, Gen Dog 4, DDLR26, McKegu 2, McCrocker 10, Dr. Bill and OC, Chip DT, Tall Mind, and WeFoco. Thank you so much for supporting Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to thanking everybody who does the same. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.